MTM The Show presents Comicast 416. Sponsored by Twin Sons Comics and Gaming, Age of Comics, and Game of Thrones. With your host, Pablo Gunner, and I'm here to talk nerdy to you about some of the comics that came out for January 2020 that I read. Here at Talk Nerdy Me, we have our own grade scale for comics. It is strong buy, that's strong art, strong writing. Buy, solid art, solid writing, not the strongest. Weak buy, there's something weak about it. Only buy it if you have a lot of extra money on hand. Strong skim, I strongly suggest you skim it. Skim, it's weak on writing and art. Weak skim, only skim it if you have a lot of extra time on your hands. Then pass is pass. There's also terms like bbow, which is best book of the week. And runner-up. So the runner-up, of course, is it's the runner-up to the B-Bow. And then I'll also say contender, and it's I'll say, hey, this is contender for runner-up and or B-Bow. So, spoiler alert, there will be spoilers. I am reviewing these comics. So, I'm going to go ahead and jump into this, starting with Titan Comics. Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, year two, number one. The writer is Jody Hauser. Artist Roberta Ingranata, colorist Enrica Angiolini, with flatter Shari Chankama, and then letters Richard Starkings and Comic Crafts Sarah Hendricks. So this goes back and forth between well, it, it's actually of course mainly the Thirteenth Doctor, and there's something going on. There's some weird stuff going on, and. Then it goes into the 10th Doctor and Martha Jones and how they're stuck in the past. I believe they're stuck in the 70s or something like that. And of course, this has to do with the Weeping Angels. So they go back in time to the 70s. The 13th Doctor and her crew go back to the 70s and they try to... She sends her crew to go talk to the 10th Doctor and then she goes to Martha Jones to try to figure stuff out and help things along. So they never actually meet, though. Uh, but, you know, it's it's cliffhanger ending. You know they're going to meet at one point. So it's interesting. I always love crossovers. The crossovers have always been great. So I'm definitely down for this. It was just set up so far. So And it looks it looks phenomenal. I really enjoy how it looks. It's an intro. It's the beginning of a new thing. So I liked it. I enjoyed it. You should probably be a fan of Doctor Who. Uh, 13th Doctor and 10th Doctor. You probably don't have to be a fan of both um, or one or the other. But uh, you'll still enjoy it. So for me, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was the greatest thing ever, but it was solid. So I'll give it a buy. On to Rivers of London the Fay and the Furious, number three, written and created by Ben Aronovich with Andrew Cartmel, art by Mariano Lacraustra, colors by Color Ice, letters by Rob Steen. It tells you the story so far, the character profiles. I was confused and lost because... I was like, I don't remember this happening at the end of the issue, but apparently Peter Grant, the main character in this story, went through some sort of portal, some magic portal, 
and is in fairyland. So they're like, where did he go? Oh, okay, he's in fairyland. And he meets this weird guy in this, like, egg chair and is like, all right, can you take me to this place? And he's like, okay. So they go and he gives him a ride and they go to this castle and, you know, he's inquiring, trying to find things out. And they're like, hey, dude, you're asking too much, too many questions. Uh, his team's slowly trying to figure out where he's at and trying to get where he's at. He's trying to figure out what's going on where, and stuff like that. And it's weird and it's totally out there and they dove in there so quick and so deep that I was just lost and confused and was like, I don't know what's going Like I enjoyed and appreciated the fantasy stuff more. But they just dove so deep so quickly without explaining so much stuff that I was like, I don't know what's going on. It looks pretty solid and, you know, minus the confusion, I wouldn't say it. it's not bad. It's definitely it's still pretty solid. So this is another one. I, I can give it a buy. Right on to Robotech Remix number four. This is... Script by Brendan Fletcher, art by Elmer Damaso, colors Marcolesco, lettering Jim Campbell. This also does the story so far and the cast. There is a lot. It gets pretty crazy pretty quickly because this Rick Hunter, we thought it was the Rick Hunter that had been teleported from the other Robotech, and it was actually a different Robotech. It was a different Rick Hunter. And he has like this crazy white hair patch and ends up attacking the girl that was sent there, the Sterling girl. And they have to deal with him thusly. And it just gets more and more crazy because more people are starting to figure out, they're like, okay, that we thought it was our Rick. It's not our Rick. It's not the other Rick. This is a completely different Rick. Now this is going more into this multiversal thing. Of like how there's these different people from different multiverses as well as these creatures that are like zombie versions of the main villains from the other multiverse are now showing up and attacking this superstar girl. And so they bring out the big guns and attack them. So it's uh, it's it's going further down the rabbit hole. It is, the art is phenomenal, especially if you like this anime style of art. But the the story not only continues to be confusing, but continues to get more confusing. So, but if you're into that, I, I mean, I think it's pretty solid. I'm still reading it. I'm still enjoying it. So I can give it a buy. On to Life is Strange 12. Written by Emma Viaselli, artwork by Claudia Leonardi, colors by Andrea Izzo, letters by Richard Starkings, and comic crafts Jimmy Betancourt. And this one also does the previously, you know, with the little photographs. I love that touch. And jumps into it, which isn't far off from where we left off. Uh, this one, they're talking about what happened, which is Tristan was hurting. He had a bloody nose, and so was Chloe. So they're like, well, we're not doing that. We've all decided we're not going to go down that path. There's another way. And it's just so great in this one because this is where they start to connect and go, hey, Chloe, the other Chloe, the main Chloe from the game Chloe, 
she is at this other beach and they figure that out because they're like we're on a beach we can't connect and that's why this isn't working is because we're different beaches max realizes that she's like oh this is this beach and it's on their path like what's great is like because she's thinking like should i just leave my friends or should i join them on their little road trip and it ends up working out that their road trip follows the clues of this beach anyways it's like oh the next place on their on the map so they're like all right well let's let's load up and let's head to the other place and uh it's really crazy it gets pretty nuts because uh something happens to tristan even the stuff that happens with max it's like it's pretty crazy it's pretty it's a little scary and uh but yeah it's in the end it's it's just i I feel like we're finally getting close to the destination sort of but we're inching along there i love this uh slow burn i'm loving it I, i just love i just i love the art i love the story i love the characters I'm totally digging it, and it just works. It's totally... If you like Life is Strange, you'll love the comics. You'll love this book. If you totally dig it, you'll, you'll be down for it, and I always am. I give this one a strong buy without a doubt. Now moving on to Shades of Magic, The Rebel Army, number three, by V.E. Schwab, the writer, and art by Andrea Olimpieri and Enrica Angiolini. And this one has the Steel Prince's father, so the king in London, and they're telling him, hey, your son is going to stand by and try to stop this rebel army. And he's like, all right, well, we'll we'll send help, but, you know, but that's it. And so you see him getting ready and arming up, but you also see the rebel army, how they're getting prepared. In fact, they've captured a, a few of the steel prince's people and some of them some of them turn uh but some of them uh don't so you see him uh talking up the army telling them preparing them and getting to work they uh they do make their first attack and the thing is is these people are prepared because he is called the steel prince because he can control steel he can mold it as he pleases so it works like when he has his sword he can use his sword and turn them into like darts that he can throw pretty much to pro- into projectiles they use projectiles on him and he doesn't fare as well and uh, I, what i love though about this is that that doesn't stop him he he's not scared easily he's not stopped easily he goes i'm injured but i'm still going to keep fighting and i'm still going to keep doing what i need to do and cut the head off the snake pretty much so yeah it's uh it's really intense it's really awesome i can't wait until the finale the next issue it looks phenomenal and it's really great i definitely give it a strong buy all right we're going to take a quick commercial break to talk about one of our sponsors age of comics they are a comic book shop that is located at 3700 Osuna Road Northeast Suite 513 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you can check out their website at ageofcomics.shop. Uh, message them on Facebook. I believe they're on Twitter. I know they're also on Instagram. You can call them at 505-884-1776. Like I said, they're a comic book store. They also collectible store toy store 
you know, they have figurines, they have statues, they have busts, you know, of, uh, of stuff like that. And they're usually open from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., but I do believe they're only open certain days. I want to say Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Just because of the restrictions going on, that's what they have going on. So, they are a phenomenal group of guys, though. The brothers, their brothers that run that business. They're just really cool dudes. They really know their stuff, and they're willing to work with you. You know, like if you don't feel for when it was on during the quarantine, they were actually making deliveries to people's houses. I don't know if they're still doing that. I think since they're open, they're not doing that through them. But they also have all kinds of great uh, stuff like figurines. They also have like great figurines. I've bought all kinds of figurines from them. So, like I said, they're really cool dudes. You know, talk to them, chat with them, and uh, and work something out with them. You know, so hit them up on all their uh, social medias and and check them out. All right, I'm going to get back into books and I'm going to start with Ascender number eight by Image Comics. It is Jeff Lemire as the writer, Dustin Nguyen as the art, but it actually says Je Jeff Lemire and uh, Dustin Nguyen storytellers. Then we have Steve Wands' lettering and desi design. So there's like these vampires in this story and you know they're like oh yeah these vampires think they're better than us and stuff and then all of a sudden this dude that kind of looks like casey jones just starts like messing dudes up like messing vampires up and it's really crazy too because you see like the wife of this one dude and how she is part machine but now she's also vampire as well it's really messed up messed up situation and like this lady is able to read into her mind and stuff because she knows she's c connected to this dude and then it allows her to like connect and tap into the past uh and then and then it also gets into you know the crew that has the little girl and how they're taking her across uh you know and and uh, telsa she's like you know what we're just gonna dump her off and that's it and she's like you know what her uh, co-pilot doesn't seem too happy about that, but it was it was really ill-timed. I, I love these books. I love getting these books and issues because they're so great at cliffhangers and they're, so, they're just so well-designed for the issue. But when I read them in trade, also in trade, I'm like, man, this is phenomenal in trade. So uh, strong art, strong writing, strong buy. On to the next book. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, issue 101. This is an IDW book. Uh, story consulting, Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. Script and art, Sophie Campbell. With colors, Rhonda Pattison. Letter, Sean Lee. And this actually just has the turtles like crying over Splinter. And you see how things are different it says six months later and it shows how different things are how the family has broken apart and it's really actually kind of neat in the sense that like it is very reminiscent of that cgi movie that they made that was just tmnt and because it's like leo is off doing his own thing uh raf is a vigilante on his own uh mikey is actually pretty depressed surprisingly 
Donnie is like writing his own sci-fi novel, so he's lost in that. Then you have Jenica, and she seems like she's the only one that's actually, well, she's not the only she she's the only one that's trying to adjust to this new life, not just because she's also new to being a turtle. Alapex is is seems to be the only one that's actually making a big difference because she pretty much has like a homeless shelter that she's running or a food shelter for all these new mutants. And she ends up helping this girl that are actually attacked by this gang of mutanimals, which have pretty much, that's what they become a gang. Like, they're supposed to protect all the mutants, and instead they're regulating and, and oppressing them and attacking them. It's, it's pretty messed up. It's a jarring difference. When you read it once a month, you go like, oh, wow, this is tough. But... What's cool is that they have another issue. I think they release, yeah, they release the second issue uh, two weeks later. So it doesn't seem as long of like a thing. So I'm gonna jump right in. So that was a strong buy. Like I said, strong art, strong writing. And then issue 102 came a couple weeks later. And this is same creative team as the previous one. And this one goes deeper into everyone feeling the changes. You know, you have Raphael and he's talking to one of the mute animals and is like, oh, hey, like you guys, you know, your, your group's getting out of control. And like they catch those two guys that are that are out of line. And she's like, all right, you know what? You guys need to be reprimanded. So they go deal with them and... One of them, they, they're they like, Hob deals with him, and he's like, you know what, this is like, you've had so many chances and you screwed it up, you're done. So, of course, he's like, all right, then I'm going to turn on you. And that blows up in his face because Hob does something where he's trying to provide essentially a new army to the Foot Clan now. And it's pretty messed up. Because they're, they're essentially little kids, but they're animals, so they can't help their animal urges. It's pretty nuts. And then what happens is those same creatures are unleashed on the city. In this one, though, you also see the effects of, like I said, you see more of the effects of Mikey and Leo. And Mikey's like, you know what, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I gotta, you know, I gotta do something about this. Like, we can't just... We didn't, we didn't know we were going to be like this and things were going to be like this, you know. And so Donnie, Donnie ends up leaving because he's like, you know what, this this isn't how it should be. We need to change things and, and help people like we used to. So it was one of those things where, like, I wasn't really digging where it was going entirely. Like, I was, so I was like, okay, this is new, this is different. But then the fact that they're moving the story along pretty quickly is really really great because there's also like a Jenica offshoot and that moves it a little bit forward and then I think even issue 103 is two weeks later as well so that moves the story even more too uh, but I'm gonna and now that was a strong buy as well you know me I love Ninja Turtles I, I still I still love it because the art so strong the writing solid it's very different but you know that's just something you gotta you gotta roll with the punches you know, and, and, and it is not something I expected. So, strong buy. I'm going to jump into Saban's Go Go Power Rangers number 28. 
by Boom Studios. I actually missed issue 27. Uh, written by It's written by Ryan Parrott, illustrated by Eduardo Francisco, colors by Raul Anjulo, editor, letters by Ed Dukeshire. And the fact that I missed issue 27 is fine because it has, from what I can tell, not much to do with what's going on in this issue. As far as I can tell, at least I felt like I didn't know, like I needed to know what happened in the previous issue. It jumps in and it has Rita Repulsa and she's imprisoned by Lord Zed and there's this machine that is trying to rehabilitate her. And so it goes into this story where there's this little girl and this little girl is like, I'm Rita Repulsa and Rita Repulsa is her. And then at a certain point, this little girl just becomes assimilated into this scenario. And you see Squat, he's in the scenario and he just jumps right into it. And you see all the other team. You know, you see uh, Babar and Finster, or Babu, rather, uh, and Finster and, and the rest of her crew and how they're acclimating to this rehabilitation, but Rita is the only one who's not. Like, this stuff is happening to her and she's living this other person's life. You know, how she meets this guy, they get married, they end up having kids, you know, and then the attack happens of Rita Repulsa attacks their home and she's just emotionally destroyed. And this machine's like, oh, this is what you have done. Like, this is this is what you have caused on this. And what's cool is, like, they don't make it obvious that, like, I was like, oh, okay, is this girl Rita Repulsa as a kid? And they're like, oh, well, that didn't rehabilitate you, so we're going to have to put you through another cycle. And she begins it all over again as, like, another little girl. It was awesome. I was like, this was such an impressive issue, so cool, so interesting, and so well done. I was like, man, this is how you do an issue right here. Like, I feel like I've been out of it off and on. I need to buy the trade because I'm, like I said, a tad lost, especially when they, I be, get back to the Rangers stuff. So I've read issue 29, and I was like, I'm lost. So anyways, uh, yeah, but this was phenomenal. This is definitely a strong buy. I would say it's even contender. Lastly, Joker and Harley, Criminal Insanity, number two. This is a DC Black Label book written by Cami Garcia, artist Mike Mayhew, and Miko Swayan with Jason Bedauer, letter Richard Starkings of Comicraft. This is primarily in black and white with some colors in there, and they're talking about these serial killers and... Like, oh, how does this connect to the cases? And they're, like, talking about Zaz, because Zaz has all those cuts. Uh, there's this, there is this colored part where it's this kid, and he's emotionally, physically, verbally abused by his father. And you see how this kid becomes more and more disturbed. And this person who may possibly be the Joker, I'm not sure, he does have the green hair, he has some red paint, it looks like his face is white. He has the white face. I think it's more of a paint thing. And, uh, yeah. So, you also see Harley Quinn's past a little bit, too, about how her mother treated her. And you also see... I don't... And that's the other thing, is there's this other kid, and he uses pretty much... Like, this kid's bullying him, and then so he finds this dirt on him, 
through technology and pretty much ruins his life. But it's like, is that guy the same guy that's this Joker kid or that's this, this kid that's verbally abused, physically abused? I can't really tell. It's hard to tell. But what's really cool is that you can tell that the moments that are in color, they're super, super powerful. They really jump out at you because of the fact that the rest is black and white. And it's like the main story is black and white. And then it's these other parts. It, you know, it bring, really brings emphasis to them. This is cool. I like this a lot purely because of the fact that I am one of those weirdos that is intrigued by serial killers because I, I, I don't, because I don't understand them. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And so I love learning about them to try to get my head wrapped around them. And so like, I love documentaries about them and shows and stuff. My favorite show probably is Mindhunter. And, and this kind of reminds me of that in a sense and so I'm really digging it. I'm really liking it a lot just because it's like, how are they made? Are they born that way? And it's obviously more so that it seems that they're, they're created into killers, you know, their, their, their background, their environment, you know, cause it's like, there's always weirdos in life. Uh, I'm definitely one of them, but I had good people guiding me. So I never went down that dark path. Yeah, so this is really intriguing. This is awesome. Phenomenal art. Writing is interesting. Uh, I would definitely suggest getting this in issues because of these awesome covers and because they're like these big magazine-style books. Uh, it is $5.99, though. Uh, it does say ages 17+, plus because it is pretty, you know, it's serial killers, right? Type stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a strong buy. All right, and that's that. I'll go ahead and do like a trade of the month, or not trade of the month, but like a back and bag of the month, I guess. So what I said was somewhat wrong. Uh, and runner up for the month. I'm going to have to go with Shades of Magic as my runner up just because, oh my gosh, this the intensity and I love the art and the perseverance of the, of the prints and stuff. And I cannot wait to see the conclusion I'm so hyped for that, and uh, it's just such a great series. I, I'm I'm going to be so sad when it ends. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm going to buy the trades so I can reread them. Uh, yeah, so but my, I'm going to have to go with for my B-Bow, or B-Bomb, right? Because uh, it's for best book of the month. I'm going to have to go with Go Go Power Rangers number 28. Like I said, this was unlike anything I've ever experienced before in a Power Rangers book or ever thought of. And I really enjoyed and was impressed with what they did here. You know, Goldar seeing his scenario, everyone, how they reached like this certain certain level. Like they they excelled beyond themselves. They became something more because of this rehabilitation. Whereas Rita does not care. Like she was enveloped by this. And I think it just made her more angry, kind of like more of an evil person in a sense. And, and honestly, I, I'm not entirely sure that that's not what this rehabilitation isn't trying to do. I think it might be trying to make them more evil, but not in that way. Or maybe it failed in the sense that, like, I don't know. Is it like it's trying to make them sympathetic? Because they're all pretty twisted scenarios. It's really worth checking out. So, yeah, it's definitely, it merits a lot of thought. So that's why I enjoy it so much.
Uh, yeah, that's why it's my back and bag of the week. So feel free to talk to me at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, Gmail, Hotmail, whatever you prefer. It's all at TNT in the show, including the website. And keep your eyes hungry for comics. <laughs>